Okay. Welcome to Del and Dad Talk Dolphin. Hi. <laughs> I'm Del. I'm Dad. <laughs> I've been in religion my whole life, never read the Bible, reading it now, asking my cult leader dad questions as I do so. I'm trying to answer. We just wrapped up chapter two. Um, of Matthew. Of Matthew. And we're going to step back a little bit. I just have a few questions in general about okay. the Gospels. Yeah. Why, like, why are there four of them? Why did we need to repeat them from the different four different people good question uh for starters uh, mouth of two or three witnesses based in the tanakh is the way you establish all things okay so they were gonna there we, we have four witnesses here so matthew mark luke john are are like wit separate witnesses mm -hmm. of these things that was central to the law to have more so only only something was only real if there was at least two witnesses oh yeah uh, yeah. In the Tanakh, yeah. always. Yeah, there's two, mouth of two or three witnesses shall all things be established. Okay. Established. So now to believers today, who are our two witnesses? The written word and the spirit. Hmm. Yeah. So that's why we also place emphasis on studying that word so that we can have a witness and we can see if the spirit confirms to us the truth of it or not. Hmm. So that's kind of the carryover to it. Why four? Um there in the gospels we have what are called the synoptic gospels and it means that their content is all very similar hmm. okay so and that's matthew mark and luke those are synoptic very similar and scholars think that they all derived from one source they call it q and that from that central source i don't know what q is but they think that matthew mark and luke all pulled from q to construct their story what the heck yeah yeah that's how our link that's how our uh uh scholars suggest now that's a higher criticism meaning it's more suspect right uh others suggest that uh, uh not suggest others know that of the synoptic gospels mark is the least original Hmm. Meaning that like what Mark says is found in 90 some percent of Matthew and Luke. Hmm. Okay. And that Matthew is a, a little bit uh, more original. Luke is a little bit more original. And then we have the flip side of John's gospel because his is almost 90 something percent original. Hmm. He doesn't touch on the same things as Matthew, Mark and Luke. Why? <clears throat> it's believed that John came along later. He knew of those gospels. He read them and he said, this, these things are missing in what these synoptic gospels have reported. So I'm going to take my gospel at another angle. Mm -hmm. And specifically, he seems to be writing to offset what are called Gnostics, which were really growing at that time. And it's Gnosticism is based on the idea that secret little groups had special knowledge only available to them that would give them the insights on what is true and what is not. Some of my uh, uh, critics today say that I'm a Gnostic in disguise, mm. okay? <laughs> but I'm not a Gnostic by any means. Nothing is secret. I don't know anything. It's all in the scripture, right? Yeah. The Gnostics uh, particularly believe that um, they believe that there's no way God could be a human, so, Jesus, the man Jesus, he only seemed to be God, but in him was Christ. Christ was what was the real thing. 
Jesus was a manifestation. Hmm. He was just a kind of almost like not real because God cannot feel pain and die. So the Gnostics said, we have secret knowledge about who this Jesus is. He's, he's a man named Jesus who had a guy named Christ in him. And they are two separate beings, completely separate, right? The Gnostics. The Gnostics teach and that. And they have current Gnostics. There's current Gnostics. There, there are, but back in the day, this oh. was a huge movement that was thwarting Christianity. Oh, okay. Well, John the Apostle knew this. And so he said, I need to write to show that who Jesus was. So what he begins his gospel is in the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us and we have seen him. Mm. So he, his gospel was specific to offset Gnosticism and it's growing, uh, power in the Christian faith. Hmm. So Matthew, Mark, and Luke are the synoptic gospels. Matthew wrote to the Jews. Mark wrote to show Jesus miracles. So he focuses more on the healings and miracles than anybody else. Luke uh, writes to show him as the son of man. And he shows his human side more than Matthew or uh, Mark ever do. And John's writings were to show that he was God with us. And there was no separation there. There was no one Christ and Gnostic uh, Jesus man, that it was the unity of those God with us and they were not separate persons. Hmm. Okay. I have a lot of questions. Good. Are, are Gnostic, are Gnostic thoughts anywhere documented? Oh yeah. They're all over. Yeah. So all over know, secular history. Okay. So we can like, there's a direct thing that we can refer to John's writings and how he was speaking to them specifically. Like he was responding to them. There's only supposition and scholarly endeavors that suggest that's what he was doing. But mm. if you look at what Gnostics taught and believed mm. and you look at what John says, you can see he's writing to them. And he's writing to the believers to say they're wrong. It makes me wonder about the the first words that you just recited in the beginning was the word, the word like that's how we we base so much of what we know about jesus on that yeah but that's kind of if you take it in context it's like specifically to how gnostics is there more There's to what more. john could have said basically like that was a really specific way of putting it to the gnostics yeah it was really specific and his epistles first john which come at the end of the new testament mm. he readdresses that oh and he he opens it up with almost the same way oh. and he opens the first epistle up and he says and we have touched him because the Gnostics didn't believe that he was really touchable, that, that it was a fake thing, like a demiurge is what they called it. And so John's, it seems if you really understood Gnosticism of that day and you read John, you can see he's really trying to take the believers and say, don't follow these guys. They're not telling you the truth. I've seen him. I was trained by him. Right. You get it? Now, let me tell you one more thing that's really interesting. I know you have more questions. There's a guy named Serenthus, and bottom line, he is one of the guys who helps propagate this idea that there's a hundred percent God and there's a hundred percent man in Jesus. Mm -hmm. That's the teaching of the Trinity. Mm -hmm. 
So Trinity uh, in many ways is has grown from Gnosticism. Well, I was going to ask, when you were explaining Gnosticism, yeah. I was like, that sounds familiar yeah. for some reason. Like it doesn't seem outlandish. No. Not yeah. that, or not outlandish because I've heard it a lot. Yeah. And Trini so what's the problem with that? The problem is, is they teach Jesus was 100% man. Jesus was 100% God. And that borrows from the idea that there were two. 100 oh, okay. percent things the when, jesus and the christ yeah christ in jesus yeah and and sorinthus okay. actually taught that jesus was on the cross and christ in him left him yes left the man to die alone on it wow yeah so where uh, uh and and so we have somewhat of that in trinitarianism like yeah. who are these 100 percent man 100 percent god who's dying on the cross how come he said my god my god why have you forsaken me when non-tridentian thought uh, simply says hey man this was jesus who had god in him and god left on him and he said my god why have you mm. uh, and and then the man died mm. right for our sin and then he was raised to new life fully deified in his flesh, God returning to him fully. Mm. That is how it separates from like Serinthianism and, uh, and Trinitarianism and all this separate persons bit. Wait, can you just explain? We have 50 seconds. <laughs> You're, you are saying the Christ leaving Jesus on the cross is incorrect, but yeah. we also address that God leaves Jesus yeah. as a non-Trinitarian. Yes, yes, so God in that? him. Because yeah. it see, the Trinitarians teach that there was a person named Jesus, not named Jesus, a person with the Father before anything was, and that person became Christ, fully God in a man that was fully man. Mm. That's close to Serinthian's teachings of there being this Gnostic two-person thing that they tried to concoct, when the reality to me is there was a man who was God with us. God the Father's word was in that man, mm. and that God the Father's word left him, mm. and he was left without having God in him as a man on the cross to die. Mm. So there's subtle differences. We can talk about it as we go on. It's getting way in over our head, but I just wanted to bring those things forward. Wait, just real quickly, who is that guy? Servant Serenthus? Serenthus. Yeah, he was a... Where? When was he? Who was he? He was shortly after uh, the gospel was established by Christ and Christ ascended. He oh. was from Alexandria. Okay. And uh, that's in Egypt versus okay. Antioch. And from those two schools of thought, we get two different ways of seeing all the things that Christians talk about. Wow. Oh, yeah. I want to learn more about that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Cold that love. Cold that love. <laughs>